0: Hey guys out there in listening land, this is The Great Northern Way and as always, this is your host, Kevo. We'd like to thank you for tuning in and remind you that you can go to our Linktree for all of your Great Northern Way needs at Linktree forward slash The Great Northern Way. This is part two, the conclusion of our interview with DJ Flipout. On this episode, DJ Flipout speaks on his roots as an up-and-coming rapper in Vancouver, working out a deal in high school to not get kicked out of school, getting signed to a record label in San Francisco with his group What The Hell, earning his stripes as a DJ, DJing for free for colleges. And he concludes this interview with a chance meeting with Biz Marquis, at an event held by none other than DJ Jazzy Jeff, as we begin and pick up, DJ Flipout speaks on his beginnings as an up-and-coming dancer in Vancouver. But yeah, I mean, as a as a b-boy, like, was there? You saying that there was a small? It was some crews
1: up in, uh, you said Burnaby, Or you knew the LoHi Mall. You yeah, that
2: was before. That was like a one generation before me. Oh, okay, okay. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, there was it, when we were doing it in the, in the mid '90s to early 2000s. There was there was a, just a few a few of us. Okay. Um, but as the early 2000s happened, like the young kids, they, it just started growing, and just beatboxing in general just really started exploding. And actually, with YouTube, it got, got even bigger because then people were could access, could get exposed to it way easier they would see it it's kind of with anything like the internet the internets really blew up <laughs> a lot of stuff that we when we started including music including DJing we had to go and kind of source out including hip-hop you know being from out here
1: and, and that actually leads to my next question yeah. was like you know with the b-boy b-girl break breakdancing all that stuff or DJing what was the scene here as you were coming up because one of the good things of having you here is that a lot of people can hear about what what the hip-hop people in the states right my audience is most we don't really know much about vancouver in general other than like the mountains the beaches and stuff like that right the the weather and maybe we know about the rain but we don't (laughs) know about i mean you know i'm just keeping it hundred. yeah so but we don't know about like uh, the 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 the, the hip-hop scene or the djing scene or hey what i'm finding out slow jam sundays you know what i'm saying and that urban music you know throwing it back man that vibe was was killer the other day actually a, a month ago But, like, what was the hip-hop scene um, as you were coming up here in Vancouver?
2: I mean, it's crazy because the Slow Jam Sundays, that's my... Those are my friends, um, Marlon J. English and P. Love, and I've known them... Shout-out to Marlon. Yeah, Yeah. shout-out to Marlon. I've known Marlon especially uh, since I was was a teenager at those all-ages dances, and before he even was a DJ, and... You know the scene was just the scene in like the early '90s was a lot of there was one hip hop club downtown and one night one hip hop club one night really that played just hip hop and R and B and then there was like um, all ages stuff but you know we were we were we had a lot, you know thank God for TV and stuff we were watching a lot of rap music shows um you know? tv raps yeah the basement i mean we didn't get that we didn't unless you had satellite you didn't get that but we got stuff like pump it up mm. which had uh d barnes pump it up showtime at the apollo you know arsenio hall had all the guests on his show we had our own show our own music channel much music you, you know they used to have
1: wait 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 hold up i'm,
2: I'm, I'm yeah. from the states brother so
1: please let me vibe on this did y'all ever have the box
2: no we never saw the box because the box wasn't even, even if you had satellite. What's you know about the box though? Right? I know about okay, the all right. box Okay. <laughs> but the, because the, the bo, like some of my friends had satellite, they had BET so we could see all the BET videos. But the box was I think was local. So yeah. you, even if you had satellite, you couldn't get it. You couldn't get it. So no, I did not fucking did not grow up with the box. But um You missed out, bro. I know, but I you know, I've seen the I just watched the documentary and it's just Crazy to, yeah, yeah, to see yeah. so, how was
1: it, it was like a HBO, was it yeah, HBO Max? Yeah, 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 Shout out to HBO. So
2: fucking incredible, man. That stuff I I love hearing that because I was lucky enough that my one friend Chemo, his family had the satellite. So we'd have he just they'd record the whole day yeah. of of videos. Yeah. So I would go over to his house and just watch. These vi- watch fucking rap videos all day. Shout
1: outs to my cats from the states who know what it is when you order that video from the box and you just sitting there. You be like, No, 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 sit down. Y'all want some water? No, I ordered the song, bro. It's coming. That's no, no, crazy. Y'all good? D- don't go nowhere. Come it's coming on. I ordered, and I paid for it. Man, they better.
2: Bust. Ralph McDaniels. <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, everybody, you, you pay for your song, you in a box, and you be like, Yo, where my song at? Incredible. Like, you know what I mean? But so it's cool dope. when you see it. That was like the first iteration of like what we have with like Instagram live in some yeah. ways right it was like yeah it was just something that you could like you could do it you know and then your son come on and you feel like it's a personal shout out yo DJ flip out
2: gave me a shout yeah, out he played was my song it crazy how he you would know? do that and he yeah. was like a two-man operation too for a long time like that is pretty f- incredible yeah I love seeing old the interviews too with artists like when they're first coming up and you know i heard about it in rap songs all the time you know I mean? <laughs> yeah 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 and then when i you know when i finally found out what the box was it was like yo that is pretty incredible but i felt kind of cool knowing that i kept up pretty good with it all <laughs> with it all you know yeah there aren't too many su- I didn't miss out on too too many things yeah but you know
1: that's what's up no it's, i'm always interested i mean i'm in this new country right and uh it's a lot of cool things that, like, they, they track, right? And then, like, you know, one of the cool things, I'm going to be honest, you know, that for this country uh, that I like, or at least for this city, is that, oh, it had a basketball team. It's like I don't want to go to another country, and you know, a former pro team. I don't want to yeah. go to another country where I can't recognize some of the same things. Now, the box ain't <laughs> no big deal, but I'm sorry. I'm, I mean, come on. if you grew up, is crazy. If you grew up with BET, come on, let's keep it real. You know, MTV Jams, right, mm-hmm. MTV Soul. Yeah. Right, B-E-T, soul, yeah. B-E-T, pu- like come on, like yeah. I need some, I need some of that, I don't need all of that, yeah. but I'm gonna need some, so I, I actually never even knew that,
2: but much music had, had, much music had a show called Soul in the City, okay, and they had a soul, uh, which was all soul videos, okay. R&B videos, and then they had a show called The Power Hour, which was all heavy metal videos, okay, and the same guy hosted both of those shows, Michael Williams, the black, I, yeah. I hate- Okay. Black dude with uh, he did, uh, then there was Master T but the one black dude on on Much Music okay. hosted the heavy metal show and the Soul show. He's a super dope dude. He's actually still out there on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. So shout out Michael Williams, but he'd have Soul in the City. Then they would do a rap special on Soul in the City. Okay. And then they ended up having a rap show, and they called the rap show Rap City, as well. Oh. And then nice. so they we had Rap City. They have and he hosted that as well. For a while, Dang. and there'd be like the top five albums you needed to get. And he was really like into Ice T and Ice Cube and like political shit. He was a real political dude, so okay. he would always kind of big that stuff up. But you never heard of Pump It Up? Pump nah, it up? I can't that's because that, that's man. the States. That's a D Barnes. D, uh, D Barnes was the host of that.
1: What was that what? What network though? What
2: uh, I think it was, it was on Fox. And then and then D- of course Apollo had all the live acts. There was another, and then even like Friday night. Friday Wait, night did, y'all, videos. did y'all
1: have shows on Apollo?
2: Yeah, we I watched it every I, fucking Friday. I feel like
1: we just went on a tangent cuz I'm like, yo, I'm interested to hear like wh- what our parallels are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now that I'm listening to you, I'm like,
2: Snap. I was I'm searching like, for everything, things. man. I have videotapes of everything. Like we watched um like any show that had uh any show that had a musical guest. Like In Living Color I always had the musical guests at the end, right? We would watch it there was even this, I brought this up on, on Twitter the other, like, a few months ago. There was a, a show that was, like, a roller derby show. Okay. Like, it was, like, it was like wrestling on roller, oh, ro- on roller skates. Oh. And they would have, uh, they would have uh musical acts. And it was always, it was usually a hip-hop act. And they had, and Kumo D performed, I go to work, on that show and I always remember it. Because it was crazy to see Kumo D
1: performing. Kumo D. D. go to
2: work. Like a mm. doctor. Whoa! When I rock the mic, I got, you got oh. to like the way I operate. I make miracles happen just from rapping. i so lyrically poke and I'm floating and explode On the scene, me, I got the potential to make it Anyway. Ooh! All right, shout out, shout out. That's Kumo sh- D,
1: that's, that's the hip hop. so, like, when you was growing up and I don't know what, uh, you know, you were breaking, you were artistic. I, it must have been, and I don't know, like, you know, what, um. Uh, I don't, I don't know what, what are the things That you got into I see that you had Some acting as well But like What did you like? W- at what age Did you decide That you wanted To become uh, I, I suppose it, was, it started with Being a b-boy that, uh, I suppose that started Before DJing No it didn't actually Okay so what age Did you decide To become a DJ Since or, uh, or, It all started it With leave. rapping
2: actually <laughs> Okay So okay. it started With rapping <laughs> Okay And that was uh, um, Started with It went in this order Rapping Turned into Rapping and dancing, rapping first, then dancing to try to be down with the crew, down with the cool people in my school, then DJing, and uh, and then acting after that. Okay. Um, but the way that rapping for me started was uh, uh, there was a, there was a, I knew about some rap music, okay, but not a lot, and there was a 2020. This is gonna really date me, and you're gonna know. Where I'm coming from there's a 2020 special on apartheid in Africa right in South Africa and they're talking about was that when Nelson Mandela had got released no not yet okay. okay just around like no because this is around like no he wasn't quite released yet uh so it was a, a 2020 episode on apartheid in South Africa and they were saying there's these um rappers who are doing like anti-apartheid songs and it was Stetsasonic, and they had a song called Africa okay. A-F-R-I-C-A Angola then a da-da, Zimbabwe about the motherland A-F like this and I'm like this is very cool so sure. I went upstairs to my room after I watched it me and yeah. my dad were watching it and I wrote a f***ing rap and this was during the cold war okay. so it was a rap about nuclear warfare and war so I wrote it like the Stetsasonic song so it was like uh war war it's i was in grade eight i think war like 13 years old war war it's everywhere all these weapons give me a scare p-e-a-c-e that's for me peace peace tranquility then i had a whole verse you know one of them is mikhail the other one is ron they're both pretty stupid if they want to drop the bomb like this shit right wow so that i so i was just into the wordplay and stuff and into the the rhythm and shit i knew about b-boying kind of break dancing that they were calling it at that time yeah but and i would kind of like that but this shit was like oh i was writing some shit down on paper and then um i performed it a cappella at this talent show at my high school and i won and there, okay. then i got known as the rapper
1: okay you know, okay
2: and look at me right? yeah <laughs> so i got known as the rapper yeah and then after that i was like i kept writing raps and i wrote like an environmental rap like okay. i was like the conscious rapper kid in grade nine then there was a crew that was dancing and i was like man i want to like be down with these guys so i so i tried to learn how to dance okay. and eventually we all became a crew so when we were became the crew i was really into hip-hop into the music so i ended up making all of our dance routine music using like a pause tape so I would take songs from everywhere, and I would just make up this mega mix.
1: Wait, shout out! Did you just shout out to the tape deck? Yeah. Yo, shout out to the tape deck. We are coming back. You know what it is. That's what it is. Hey, hey don't tell me you got a tape deck, right? Now. Oh no. I thought you were about to pull, <laughs> out, pull out a, a tape. tape deck. I, thought you I got. Going you like, know what? <laughs> I I got
2: I got a yo, check bunch out this of cassettes from '92, yo. Yo. <laughs> so yeah, I was doing the mu- I was doing the mixes for our, us, and then um, and then I I and then I was right. I wrote this fucking. A rap for McDonald's. I used to work at McDonald's, and I wrote a rap about McDonald's because I was gonna perform it at like a my staff party. Cause that's what I did. I was a fucking rapper, and I did it in front of my dancing homies, and I was embarrassed. And they're like, "No, do it, do it." And I did it. And then one of them was like, "Yo, you should do more of that. You should whatever." And then me and him started writing raps. Okay. And then I just started writing rhymes, dancing, and and then I was getting into DJing at the same time because I was like, "How do you make the music?" for the rapping. So I was like mixing songs together and learning how about okay. BPMs. And it was all hip hop stuff. So I was like trying to watch every dance show, you know, Nia Peoples Party Machine. Nia. Like that shit was crazy too. Ah,
1: Nia Peoples, a Filipino. She's like half Filipina. She's like half, yeah. Yes, yes, I um, remember,
2: okay. I think she was dating Arsenio at the time yes. that she got her show. Yes. It would play, it would go on right after Arsenio's show. and And you know, I was just like trying to do everything. So I got kind of known as the Guy who did everything, so I was rapping and I kept rapping forever. uh, Released some songs and Zach was in. We were in a. We had a whole rap group together. Zach was our DJ. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, I just. That's how it all. It all just kind of. Always been happening. Uh, shout, always, shout always out to DJ it.
1: Zach Santiago. Yep. How many uh, shout outs will he get? I didn't know I, yeah, I know and I didn't even know y'all went back that far. Oh yeah. But that's what's up. Um and so ooh, I just There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing like you enter a lot of what you did was just interwoven into like your social fabric. It wasn't that, that you were trying to be a DJ. No. It wasn't that you was trying to be a rapper. It wasn't that you was just trying to be a b boy. I, I mean, I suppose you were influenced by somebody. So I was gonna ask you the question of what did your parents think about you pursuing the DJ field? But it sounds like you, your dad was, in, you know, interested to hear you rap. Uh, uh, you know, when you guys were talking. Oh, I about didn't. The, uh... No,
2: I didn't do it. I just say I was watching the show with my dad. Then I went upstairs to my room. Okay. Okay. But okay. But my okay. parents were not interested in any of this. Shit oh they weren't okay. interested in it's, any of it so that's
1: my question how what was it like telling your parents you know for, for artists any artists we see with them today you know or you know yeah, yeah. djs and art and we see them doing and and thriving in the profession but there was a time when not everybody was in bo- on board it could have or well, they could have been on board they weren't know. on board at but, all But well, yeah talk about that
2: Well, uh, they yeah they didn't know what the f- my mom especially didn't know what the f- anything was and uh and just to add to this, uh, add to everything, when I was rapping, like entering fucking rap contest, then I got into, uh, I merged with another guy, rapper. He asked me to do one song with him and then he's like, you want to make a group? So we're like these two white kids. We called ourselves Show and Tell and later we named ourselves What the Hell. And we got signed to a label in San Fran. Oh, nice. In like '92. Nice. Okay. So the following summer, we went. It was following year in '93. We went to San Fran. We just went there. They didn't want us there, but we went there. And um, I was 18, and I told my mom, I'm like, I'm going to the states. She's like, No, you're not. Wait, going. to visit or to live? To live. Oh, oh, okay. To go okay, okay. And, and to go and f- pursue this. Career because we were signed to the label down there. Like my partner had gone down there the year before, okay. given a demo, and then we're like, "Okay, let's sign, let's sign you guys." They signed us. We were recording up here, and then we decided to go down there, and we were there for for the majority of '93, living like in our car, living couch surfing, and all this shit. But I say that to say that when. It was the day that I was leaving. Uh, my mom was like saying, still saying, "No, you're not going." And I was like, "I need, I need the money from my paper routes. I'm not gonna send. I'm not gonna go to the states without money." And she was saying, "No." And we drove, but we drove to the fucking bank. She got out, she took some money out, got in the car, and she gave me the money. And I was like, "Wow. Okay. So, like, she." Like last second, she said no, but then she still gave me money to go down there, and she wired me money like every couple months while I was down there. Uh, Yeah, it was all my paper route money from growing up delivering my paper routes. It was only like fucking like a thousand dollars I had collected in fucking five years. But I think,
1: but I think you know, hey, moms. But I think what means more to you as an artist, especially being 18 and just trying to find your way, and you know, obviously being excited about being signed to the label in San Francisco. It, even if it was a thousand dollars Even if it was whatever It was the fact that You probably felt like You were getting a cosign from her Even how even How small it was Cause it was like Oh I'm gonna give you this money Like you know If, she, yeah, if yeah. it was in I don't know what you what you, you know count, yeah. but if She didn't have to give it to you Like parents can show tough love At whatever yeah, yeah. At whatever angle they want to yeah, You know she, what I mean She tried
2: and then she realized I was really Serious I was gonna do it Yeah Like yeah. because I had done A bunch of stuff that she had mm-hmm. No kind of say in Me doing You know what I mean Like I almost got kicked out of school because I would not go to any class but I would stay on the school grounds in the gym um, on the stage they had like um, wrestling mats put out on the stage mm-hmm. and I would stay on the school grounds practicing dance moves practicing my back flips and trying to teach myself stuff so I would skip school but stay there oh okay so, <laughs> so right so so I so the and the principal knew that he's like I'm going to have to kick you out of school, man. You're not going to class. So he brought my mom in and we were talking and brought me in. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? Like after you graduate or if you graduate? And I'm like, well, I actually got signed. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go and record this album and whatever. And my mom's like, see, she, he's crazy. And the principal was like, oh, that sounds, wow. That sounds amazing. I remember my mom's face was like, whoa because the principal was like, that sounds dope, basically. And my mom was like, what? You're co-signing this psychopathic kid? You know what I mean? So he made the, I, I got to stay on the school. I got to stay in school. I only had two classes in the morning. He says, I'll kick you out if I see you at lunchtime. You can't even hang out for lunch. You gotta get the fuck out. So my last year, my last semester in grade 12, I was just fucking went to Spanish class and some other bullshit class in the morning. And then I didn't have to go for anything. And I signed up for a night school and I started going to night school. Then I was like, ah, we're gonna go to the States and then left, right? So my my mom was just like not understanding anything. And then, you know, fast forward a few years, I came back after a year and then I started DJing more and she still wasn't really into it. And she's the first person that you know And be when like, you what say
1: d- DJ more Do you mean pay gigs Cause that Yeah yeah pay you gigs Cause you know that's, that's no when parents gigs. start to Yeah okay, yeah okay. Pay okay. gigs cause then she was the first
2: distinction Cause she was the first one To be like I'm like where She's like where are you going tonight And I'm like I'm gonna go DJ She's like oh you're going to work I'm like no I'm gonna go DJ She insisted on calling And going to work Cause it made her feel better About me What you were doing About what I was doing Because going out there I was getting money And you know what I mean Like and she could see I was buying shit And I wasn't asking her for money And I was you know it's it's it was a it was kind of funny like my i'm my, 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 me and my mom are super super cool now and everything but she was definitely not supportive wow. at all wow like and she was like anti almost
1: yeah and that's why i asked that question about like what was it when you said da, da, da. because truthfully you know that marriage between what your parents want you to do and what your passion is they try to they try to be you know conform to it but it's tough like, yeah,
2: she was old school though, you know, from Portugal. Yeah, old school. So. Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so. I remember my mom like, you know, uh, when I told her I wanted to move to LA, um, she was just like, you know, she was she supportive because she's she's always been, but she was, you know, when I right when I turned eighteen, she took me on a college tour, you know, to yeah. a, a school in uh, Fresno State actually, and she was like, yeah, da da da. And then I remember I was like, I was around nineteen, I was like, yeah, I want to move to LA, you know, I just want I wanna, I want to live out there, I want to. The arts, and she was just like, Yeah, you know, if you want to be out there, she she kind of phrased it in a way she's like, Yeah, if you want to be out there living next to the water, I think that's good. Like, it wasn't like, I ain't say it was good that you be working in the arts and <laughs> acting as broke or asking me for money. What I said was, If you want to live next to the water, yeah, right. go, and, go on your butt out there and live next to the water. Right. So, like, in her own way, she encouraged me without necessarily giving it the full cosign, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's a smart way, kind of like your, um, your principal who said, Look, if you want to. Uh, if you want If you got signed I think that's dope yeah. It's like they give you that, that little thing That like Makes you feel heard Or listened yeah. to uh, Without discouraging you And then it gave you A, a good way to, to go about it So I mean The shout out I mean was Going to work yeah. And uh, you know Doing your own thing And so yeah, now yeah. You, and, and now you A world class DJ I
2: mean and then I got And then I, You know I was doing College radio for a while Like uh, From 94 to like 99 Like a good 5 years Doing college radio That's all for free And then in 2002, the the commercial radio station started up. It was like a hip hop station when it first started, and I started on that. And once I was on the radio, um, then it was then my parents were talking about me to to people. My dad was always my dad was always supportive, or he never like he wasn't like my mom telling me you know my mom was always like this is some bullshit but my dad was always like you know when i left for california my dad was like oh, uh buy me a bmw you know what i mean like yeah. when you when you when you make it when you so make like, it yeah he was you know he wasn't super hands on with a lot of s- stuff so he wasn't you know but he he never kind of dissed anything so yeah you know, and, so-
1: and somehow when they when they don't necessarily go against it it allows you to keep work. like you're like all right just if you just stay in a neutral zone let me figure out the rest right because knowing that uh, someone that influential such as your father or your mother is like pushing against you i mean that's a hard word to say they're not really against you they just they just have their own view of what it yeah. is and of course it comes from love and it comes from wanting to see you do well yeah um yeah. but yeah thanks for that bro so so yeah. who was your favorite dj growing up here in vec van or anywhere actually anywhere who's your favorite
2: dj uh, dj jazzy jeff and remains ah. remains to this day now ah. I'm really Yo.
1: He's the rapper and I'm the DJ yeah yeah okay yeah it's what? actually
2: I'm the rapper no Wait. he's the DJ I'm the rapper
1: oh that's right because that was Prince that was Prince saying it yeah 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 no doubt dang DJ Jesse Jeff and a lot of people you know because he was part of, uh, you know I guess pe- first Prince they called him a pop act and whatnot they didn't recognize and of course that was a skill and that is a skill that I mean uh first Prince has some classics but uh, a lot of people didn't give DJ Jesse Jeff as much props because he was one half of, of, of kind of a pop act, yeah. right? You know, not like uh, I don't know who a DJ I don't know, uh, what was, it, mechanic, or you got like a bunch of DJs that you would. I don't know. I don't know who, what what the credibility is, but I DJ Jazzy Jeff was definitely one of those. Um, you know that he, he was rocking for, for yeah. a long time, he's still rocking, still rocking. Uh, he's a legend. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to DJ Jazzy Jeff. And, um,
2: yeah, and I'm lucky enough to. To met him and like call him and just call him my friend now so nice so big brother Jeff now nice nice yeah.
1: and uh it's trippy. and do you feel like coming from Canada uh it made it harder to be a DJ or it aided you to kind of be able to create your own vibe because you didn't have to like I mean I guess you got a uh, sir Mix a lot right Pacific Northwest yeah, Northwest yeah. right so you were like maybe that's an influence of this area but you could i mean
2: well i kind of grew up like in the in the mid 90s i was really into east coast okay hip hop and i was into like underground shit and then i wasn't into any of the west coast stuff like i wasn't actually super into Dre and snoop i was into like Stole's of mischief and farside ooh this is how shit. we chill
1: from 93 yeah and i chill. was more into like
2: more Man. of that style and then the cinema yeah. Hey, ah, <laughs> bro. The cinema is was che- mediocre. Ah, Take man. it to the Crystal, so I, can I can stroke a, it. Yeah. We, we were and man, like when I, we I went, I went down. We, when we went to ninety, when we went to San Fran, that was ninety three, and that's when they first came out. So we were, we were trying to copy Souls and stuff. We were trying to copy Casual. That was very. I'm sorry, you financial. got that song in my head now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now I'm grooving, man. That was like. Yeah. That was sick in a, uh, a sick way. And another group, actually, uh, I, I just want to go here with you, but like that I was listening to like hard. Uh, not at that time because I grew up in church, man. My mom wouldn't let me listen to Boys to bed.
2: <laughs> but uh oh,
1: <laughs> But no, 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 no. Now, now, now that I'm actually have more freedom, uh, a group that I was just Jonesing out to, and it sounds horrible this late in my my years. But um, Diggable Planets. Man. Oh yeah. How they how they fuse jazz. Yeah. Um And Soul's of Mischief in some way did that too. But that was yep. big in the '90s and. And what do you think that's that's that, that ain't even a question but but I'm just tangenting on what do you think about the 90s and all that vibe with the clothes with everything that's going on coming back now I mean that sound uh you know you got yep. dip with the, what's that song uh dipping in finesse um, mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, what's this uh, uh Bruno Cardi Mars, B Bruno yeah. Mar- uh finesse yeah 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 finesse yeah, yeah that's what, what, like
2: that's like new jack swing sound new that's, jack
1: swing sound so what do you think about yeah. all that stuff coming back like a lot of people when they talk about the 90s it's like you know, it's like the golden era of yeah. everything urban. But, but what do you think?
2: I think it's, yeah, it's dope. I like that I was there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was like yeah, literally yeah. there for, for all of it. So, I don't know. I, it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool seeing it seeing stuff come back. And I wish that I even saved a lot of clothes from back then. Yeah. Because then I could be wearing it now.
1: Yeah, because it's all, <laughs> hey, Cross Colors is back. Yeah. In, um, Urban Outfitters, yeah. Carl Kanai, yeah. um, FUBU in some ways has never really left because Damon John has been doing his thing.
2: Oh yeah, um,
1: But yeah, no, no, no. A lot of that stuff actually, and I, that actually leads to another question I was having about the big resurgence. So there has been a big resurgence of vinyl records and of record players. And, and shout out to Urban Outfitters because that's where you'll see a lot of that. But uh, I just want to ask a question and throw it out to you just because people are listening to it that way in their home. They may want to do it abroad so Or excuse me When they're out So do you feel That the uh, With the resurgence of vinyl And records Do you feel like That could ever come back Make a comeback to DJs DJs scratching with vinyl I know what you're gonna say Them crates ain't coming back
2: But I mean Do you
1: feel like that art Of scratching You know them old school cats You remember how it was in yeah, Juice yeah. Where you know Oh boy it was flipping yeah, You yeah. know what I mean Those kind of yeah. battles. So do you feel like That could ever come back Or uh, actually Is it around Help me out
2: I mean The thing about Here's the thing the thing about djing is that it's always been about um it's always been about technology so they took the turntable and they made it into something that it wasn't meant to be you know what i mean they they started scratching on it and and, and uh grandmaster grandmaster flash you know he jerry-rigged his mixer to do it have a cue thing so he was really into like electronics So he's like nerding out on it. And then the mixer, the technology of mixers started evolving so DJs could scratch. So, and then mixers kept getting better and better. And then Serato came out where, you know, it took away from records, but now you're able to do even more with the music. And you're still using records as as the control vinyl. You're just not changing the record every time. You know, you can play any MP3. Then the mixers started getting even more complex where you could, jump to any part of the record just by hitting buttons and pads and so the djing is evolving as it always has been because you know grandmaster flash took something that was pretty primitive and made it incredible you know he's there scratching and then he's bringing it back and then you know everything just kept evolving so djing is actually pretty advanced into technological advances so i think anyone that thinks like that the old school this is not not towards you because you just asked a question but anyone that thinks that that old shit is going to come back as a a, and not just in a nostalgic way it can only come back in for nostalgia you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. because even before uh, Serato came out people were doing patterns they were doing patterns that to this day are very very hard to replicate even with all the technology like just the just you know like the executioners a track for instance you know DJ Craze who is a battle DJ from the late 90s who is still now doing incredible routines you know he they the stuff that they were doing at that time was very very advanced okay. you know what i mean so now with vinyl so now that the technology allows you to press buttons and to do all this different Different kind of like um, have technology kind of like um, what's it called manipulate manipulate the, yeah. man, manipulate everything in different levels. You see people doing the most incredible shit okay. that I can't even. It's hard for me to even understand. And DJing is just like on some other shit. It's just like b-boying. Yeah. You know back. You know when b-boying was. In Shout the out 90s. to all
1: the cardboard boxes out yeah. there. You no, know what I, I mean? mean? And if you, don't, if you don't know what a cardboard box is, you ain't no b-boy. No. Nope. Yeah. we well, go you
2: know, ahead. Now, now, now b-boying is like on a, is an Olympic sport. You know what I mean? That's right. It's an Olympic sport. So That's right. That's for it to right. come all the way back. So your question is, do you think it's going to come back? It'll just, it, it, it'll come back like as a nostalgia thing. And there's vinyl only parties and I actually collect 45s and I like to play only 45 just because I love, I love doing it. I love it as a, as kind of like a, a niche kind of feel because, I don't know. I got I just, you. I just, I, you know, I, lo- I love it all.
1: No, I got but, you. And even if it came back from nostalgia, I think that's cool. I think that's, you know what I mean, just something about it. And, um, you know, I recently went back to college, right, and um, I was hanging out with, a lot, like, some of the cats that I'd be around is, like, young cats, or so like, around that young age. And then these cats, a couple of these cats would just be, you know, like, chilling in their – places wherever their apartments were listening to vinyl records talking about oh i like it because the sound is cleaner and i'm like what do you even know about a clean sound i mean of course yeah yeah, you got ears but like what is it that you like like, what's drawing you to something that's not even close to your era you know we're talking about lost you know it's very cool
2: i think it's because it's more tan it's more tangible too right yeah it's like you can hold it yeah i you know i like my i like records because i can look at them i love filing them like I sound like a fucking nerd but like I love filing them I love looking at the covers I like looking at the label and seeing like to this day I you yeah. know I have th- dude I have thousands of records I still collect nice. you know when before we started I was on my phone I looked yeah. like I was doing something important you yeah, know what yeah. I was doing <laughs> what were you doing I was buying a fucking record as you should I was buying a 7 inch record uh, of new of new music okay, okay. of uh, this producer called Soundtrack I don't know if you soundtrack on Instagram okay uh, without the without the um, the vowels okay incredible producer and I was buying he had a seven-ish that his that the label was putting out and I'm like yeah I, I need this
1: so that sound like that question is right on time like vinyls is coming back and even in this yeah. very moment we, we still we still and hey, it's, it is growing
2: I love it and, I, I love it you know I'm not I you know I have 75,000 mp3 files on my computer but like what like Are those gonna Am I going to feel nostalgic About my mp3 You know what I mean Like oh my god You know what I kind of have a hard drive Where I'm like Yo those are the first files I ever acquired Yeah, yeah So yeah. it is kind of weird But having the record Is just much cooler And I like I think that just as humans Like yeah. You can pick up a book. Like you can have all the e-books you want, but like, don't you like having a bookshelf? A bookshelf. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it doesn't mean like you don't have an e-book. Yeah. You know I have records. It doesn't mean I, I hate MP3s. Yeah. I'm just like yo, I like having my records. I like putting it on. I like the, this. You know people like flipping the page. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm,
1: no, and and you know that and that that will never go away. And that's and that's a cool thing that if if that came back as nostalgia, uh, that that would be even you know just. Probably the best thing to happen. Sorry
2: about the cussing. I don't even know if you're, you're down. Oh, no, we
1: we, your... we, we, for, no, I want you to be in your own element. Okay, so, sorry. I was just, you at home right now. This show, okay, level. hey, I'm, I'm, <laughs> at, I'm on your show. Um, so in the 80s and 90s, uh, we've always had DJs that served as a compliment. You talk about DJ Jazzy Jeff, um, uh, in some way, I guess he was someone on the same level, but it was always about the first Prince in some way, um, who served as compliments to hip hop headliners. So, but in the 2000s, we saw an emergence of DJs become big names. Uh, you know, DJ Clue and yeah. uh, his mixtape and whatnot, drama, yeah. right? Uh, what do you think about DJs becoming. Uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit with uh, a yeah, kind yeah. of Katrinata kind of DJ type thing, but like, you know, with, with, with Khaled, like, mm-hmm. I mean, Khaled is like. I mean, I don't know I haven't listened to enough Khaled To know if even he, if, he if he's ever rapped He's definitely threw some hot lines He's like Kirk Franklin <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's ever rapped I don't think Khaled's ever rapped So, but I mean What do you think about these DJs Becoming uh, more prominent You know, where it's like Wow, like you, you know cats used to carry crates around for cats. Yeah. now they got cats yeah so like what do you think about this
2: uh, i mean we take it back to Catholic. take it back to chris shepherd because he was putting out it would be like a compilation right mm-hmm. so clue was basically making a compilation he's like a, a person a dj who has who knows all the rappers because he's because of where he's from and how he came up and and uh, and he's like yo i want you to be on this song with this other person like that's what Khaled does too so they're kind of like producing an album not they don't necessarily are not making the beats but they're putting it together as a as a compilation of things that they have it's their taste and what they think is good so it's them it's them as a DJ saying this is what I think is dope that's why Khaled is is so successful because he's like I think it would be dope to have this person and this person on the same record and I want this person to make the beat that sounds like some dope shit And they're like Wow I never would have thought of that actually Wait wait you
1: mean to tell me on, uh, you, you, you blow my whole mind you saying on Khaled's records He's not the guy producing all those records
2: No He hasn't made beats in a long time And Wow He is a DJ though He used to DJ And he still does DJ And you know Wayne said on one song He's like um, For the record I knew Khaled When that boy was spinning records, records. Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah, yeah, yeah. he Like Khaled was DJing But he uh, you know He got into the Producing an album thing, you know. I've been asked to do that. Actually, uh, a friend of mine was A&Ring a Canadian label for a while. I was like, "Yo, I want to make a record, and I want you to pick all the so- all the artists, and I want you to think of how- whatever." And I'm like, "Oh, it'd be like a fucking like a whatever, like a clue album, whatever." He's like, "Yeah, like that." So I get it, you know. I no- I'm not really gonna discount it. I I don't think he should be fucking yelling his name on everything, because it's very annoying. You know, but someone actually said that that's the way he gets his publishing points on the record <laughs> you know what I mean as being a writer or a performer because he's saying I mean you're already it's already your song I don't know how you need more publishing points oh it's but it's it's pretty fucking annoying so I'm wait sorry.
1: okay you now you touched on something I didn't know about and I, I want to educate us. so you' are saying that if he says his name for a certain Amount of time Not his name But if he If he has a certain amount Of um, inclusion Into the track Yeah That he can ask for more points on Yeah project. he can get
2: like A little a little piece of the Publishing points more I, I think That's just I'm just speculating And actually Oh you oh, okay, okay You know okay, who okay. said that? Woo, DJ a- a- A-Track said that Cause I I posted something on Twitter I'm like yo Khaled Like can you not Can you make an album Where you Where your voice is not on it Like do a version of it Where you're not yelling on it Cause It's actually Takes away sometimes, and yeah. then 8-Track is like, "That's how he gets more publishing points." So I don't know if he was just being funny or if it's true, but wow. Okay. Anyway, but anyway, uh, that's how you yeah, do it. the yeah DJ is becoming prominent. It's, it's all good, man. Chris, like I said, shout out Chris Shepard. I never fucking talked about Chris Shepard this much in my life, but he <laughs> hey, had the compilation. here in the Great
1: Northern Way? We bringing up Chris Shepard. Yeah. Hey, I need some publishing, Chris yeah. Shepard. Right now, we need some points. Oh man. DJ Chris
2: Shepard. That's <laughs> how we do it. That's how we do that's it. How, yeah. yeah, bro. yeah. Another one. Another one. Yeah, yeah. That's and Funkmaster Flex actually put out a couple albums too. That, that yeah, uh,
1: you know what I mean. Here it is right now. It's your <laughs> boy running to the tunnel, going to drop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Flex. Ah <laughs> oh, man, yo, Funk Master Flex. Jump you know a bomb on it. All right. So yeah. wait. So you talked about. I think we talked before about you touring with uh, Ray Kwan, the Chef, right?
2: Uh, I di- I didn't tour with him but I DJed. I was his DJ when okay. he came to Vancouver okay. multiple times.
1: Okay, and so. I, I so this question is about you, whomever you may have toured with, uh, whoever it was. But what was the craziest experience you've had as a DJ on tour with an artist? Or I mean, or have you have you done that? I should ask that question. first
2: uh, I haven't toured. Well, I toured with uh, um, local like rap legend Checkmate. We went uh-huh. on tour, and I also t- toured as a dancer actually with the Rascals, who are another r- legendary Canadian hip-hop group, and that's actually my roots of. My friends from East Van are the Rascals. Okay. So shout out Rascals. Okay. Um, but well, I uh, mean, you
1: know, in general, whether as a B-boy or I whether mean, as a DJ, what is your craziest uh, experience that you've had on DJ? Uh,
2: like craziest, like unbelievable experience or like personal thing? I don't know. I mean,
1: you know, uh, whatever you can uh,
2: say without, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> man. Uh, fuck. It's been a lot, man. It's been a been doing a lot of stuff for a long time oh okay uh, <laughs> nothing that pops up we can move on i don't know we can move what on. do you what do you want what do you want me to say like, no so- i'm
1: just you know like nwa you know when we've seen uh street of the compton and uh the scene where the dudes show up with the, uh uh the, the, the two dudes show up for their girlfriends and cube mm-hmm. is like uh not cuba uh, well young cube is yeah. like felicia uh, oh right! Kick, he kicking them out. <laughs> so you know what I mean. I'm just I'm asking for you if it was anything like that. But we can move on if there's nothing. I don't know.
2: Nothing really stands nothing out. Nothing stands I mean, out. Okay. I was doing. Um. I was the host for this DJ con- competition called the Red Bull Three Style. Yeah. And we, there was like, it's like a world, uh, world competition. I would host the world finals. It was in different countries over like, ten years or so, and the last like three years of the competition it, it's ended in 2020 but the last three years of it we did a I went on the, the world tour so we did like 23 countries in like two months and shit like that so there was a lot of kind of wild stuff just like being in different countries
1: yeah when you when we talk about different countries I suppose you're always gonna talk about people yeah. who receive hip-hop or at least yeah. uh, celebrities differently. Because they it depends on where they are. They may not get yeah. that element. Yeah. Or was, depending on where they are, they just may be a little wild, like bees of Spain or something
2: yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have any crazy no, crazy it's, stories. It's it's all so, good. We can move on. I was, that
1: was yeah. just a uh, throw out Sorry, there. Sorry,
2: man. No, nah, it's all okay. good. I have to think. I have to go back and think of stories to bring up. Yeah. I don't know. I have nice stories. You know what I mean? Like, I have a nice one of like, uh, um, you know, in in um. In 2019 uh, I got invited to Jazzy Jeff's house as part of this thing that he does called playlist retreat and it was the fifth year of it so you know I've, I got invited in 2019 finally I'm waiting for five years and uh, Biz Marquis came you know and he just hung out the whole time and I have like an hour footage of me on my phone of him telling stories about his connection to Jay-Z You know what I mean, how, you know, he, 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 Biz basically discovered Big Daddy Kane, Big Daddy Kane started rolling with Biz, and then Big Daddy Kane brought Jay-Z on tour with him. So, like, without, Biz was basically saying, without him, there might not be Jay-Z. And like, and Biz Marquis also brought the beat for Hard Knock Life, he Mm. gave the beat, he took the beat from from 45 King, and he gave it to Kid Capri, and Kid Capri gave it to Jay-Z and that's the song that kind of catapulted Jay-Z into superstardom. You know? It's the hard knock life. Mm-hmm. And it's like that was, Biz heard that beat and was like, give this to Jay-Z or some shit like that. So wow. so he's telling all these stories like in front of me and, and everyone at the retreat was like, you know, Young Guru was there who's been Jay-Z's engineer for 20 years. Okay. And like, you know, Z-Trip was there and you know, it's at Jazzy Jeff's house. DJ Scratch was there who's... Actually, the guy who actually did the scratches and juice in the movie, EPMD's DJ. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know, that's a nice memory of having Biz there. You know, rest in peace, Biz Markie, who passed away like... You know what? Now that I think
1: half. about it, ah, this was a little while ago, man. When I think it was uh, when Men in Black, I think it was Men in Black 2, or it could have been Men in Black 3 came out. I remember I went to a party downtown LA, and um, Biz Markie was DJing for... For Will, it was, it was a party for the, the cast yeah, of yeah. Um, in Men in Black. It had to be two. How many Men in Black? might have been,
2: been, Wild been Wild West.
1: W- Steven Soderbergh. Oh. Whichever one Steven yeah, yeah. Soderbergh uh-huh. directed. So anyway, um, so I went to this party and DJ, uh, Biz Marquis, I remember, was DJing for Fresh Prince and uh, for Will Smith. And then I remember Will Smith getting on the mic. And I remember the crowd being like, wow, because it's just like the dude never, like he never left. You yeah. know what I mean, and it's just funny how it's just something that, of course, you know people. What do you rap about changes? But it was just, it was just interesting. But yeah, no, that was the one little memory I have of Biz Key, But I was just like, well, I mean, just just seeing him perform.
2: Yeah. Um, but he moves the crowd. Yeah, so anyway, this is the business shit. Business
1: Nobody business. beats the bitch. Yeah. Um, and so I want to get into this can't leave without this. So, uh, you, you know, just had a baby. Congratulations. Thank it's you. About
2: to be a year, year, almost a year old. Yeah. Boy or girl, a girl, girl, congratulations, Thank man.
1: You. Um, so I got to ask this question. H- how is it trying to, you know, keeping up a hectic schedule, whether you're on the road touring or whatever, or you just, just you just got back from Toronto. How is it uh, in the business trying as a DJ, um, or as an entertainer, trying to maintain a relationship with uh, such a hectic uh, either touring schedule or dates, mm-hmm. or, you know, with, uh, being out on the road. Uh, how how is that, or how have you found a good way to work around it? Or
2: I mean, right now it's cool because we we sleep train the baby, so she's like asleep by like seven p.m. Ooh. so any of my nighttime gigs are fine. Okay, you know what I mean. so okay. I can. So I'm not miss. I'm not missing anything. Okay. Okay. Um, and during the day. You know, I don't really have like a, a uh, like a day job, and right now, my partner's on mat leave. Okay. So she's there during the day the whole time. I mean, we haven't reached. You know, uh, my partner goes back to work in January. We're gonna see what happens then, because then it's like childcare, and then you know I don't have a day job, so I'm gonna be at home as well. Uh, DJ but, house father yeah. flip out. It's going down. It's been uh, yeah. I mean, I have a new. Uh, I have a new wake up time, that's for sure. You know what I mean? It's never been this early in my life. And I'm not trying to take like weekday gigs as like, man, it better I better get paid well or it better be something very, very cool. Lucrative, yeah. Yeah, yeah. or else I'm yeah. not I'm not interested. Like the value of being home and the value of not being completely dead tired is is uh is more than my it's more than what my DJ rate was for many years, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I got to up my DJ rate. I got up my self-worth, my self-value, my value as a, as an artist. Hey. I got to really focus on.
1: As Latrell spreewell say, yeah. hey, I got a family to feed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shout out to Lat- <laughs> Latrell spreewell <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, man. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for Bob. Yeah. This has been great. Uh, I feel like I have so many other things to hit on. You got such a storied career with acting and, and dancing and and uh DJing and and just every different thing right Ra- you know, rapping. rapping right you know we just found out you know uh, but also so but but just as a father man and as a as a good guy you know when I when I originally met you you know we were you know being spiritual man so yeah. uh just just great I appreciate you uh spending some time with us um and so we're gonna uh, we gonna say goodbye to you. We might you might come back with a little uh, hit us with some transitions and whatnot. All right. Uh, but we we appreciate you being here. And as always, guys, you can always go to at. Uh, you know what? Before I do that, is there anything you like to give a shout out to, or any uh, or you want to give your handle or like what do you? Uh...
2: Uh, yeah, I'm out there um, at Flip Out on Instagram and Twitter, and um, I also have a Patreon that. Uh, it's mostly for DJs, but I'm, you know, I'm always doing edits. I'm doing like what I described, like, oh, I think this version of the song sounds cool. I'm like mixing different things together. So my Patreon is DJ Flipout and that's about it. Because, you know, if you go on the Instagram or Twitter, you're going to see that, see the other places I'm at. So that's okay. what's
1: up. All right. All right. Yeah, you guys hit him up on Patreon or wherever it is. Twitter uh, Flipout. He's out there. He's in these Vancouver streets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and your boy is also out there So it's your boy Kelvo uh, Signing off And like I said Go gra- grab you one of these It's on Facebook The Great Northern Way Shop Linktree The Great Northern Way uh, I'm your boy Kelvo For my man over here DJ Flipout Yeah Yo guys be kind out there Peace
2: Peace